Keep your Bibles out to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be referring to it this morning in our lesson, and you'll need to be there for that. Appreciate you being out and braving the cold today to be here. Um, we noted on our way in this morning that there weren't very many people on the roads. I don't believe that was because of the weather. I believe there are people who had other things that were more important to them, sadly, on this day than normally doing what they would do and going out to, to worship God. I appreciate that you are here to, this morning to encourage us and to study from God's Word. In the passage that, G, that, that Joseph just read for us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, we read, But without faith it is impossible to please God. We're all here this morning because we want to please God. We want to be pleasing to Him. And this verse tells us that if we want to be pleasing to Him, we've got to have faith. We've got to have faith. And so if we were to ask the question, do you have faith? Hopefully everyone here would say, yes, I have faith. But the question for us this morning is, what is faith? And how do you know if you have it? We've got to have faith to be pleasing to God. I want to make sure that I've got this faith. How do I know that I've got it? How do I know that I've got faith that will be pleasing to God? It's got to be something more than just acknowledging God's existence. In James chapter 2, verse 19, James says, Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Obviously, the faith that Hebrews 11, verse 6 is talking about is more than just acknowledging that God exists or even believing that God exists. It's got to be more than that or else the demons would be pleasing to God. This faith has to go beyond that. So what is it? What is this faith that we have to have that without it is, imp it is impossible to please God? We need to know. We need to know what this faith is so we can make sure that it is in our lives. And we learn about this faith that is important, is, in, is required in order to be pleasing to God by looking at the rest of Hebrews chapter 11. What are the characteristics of this faith? Let's look at this quickly this morning. First off, by looking at Hebrews chapter 11, characteristics of this faith. Remember, it's impossible to, have, to be pleasing to God without faith. We need to learn these characteristics and make sure that they're in our lives so we can be pleasing to God. First off. We learn that faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Let's begin reading at verse 7. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place which he received as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where, whence he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. Notice what it says about Noah there in verse, uh, verse 7. Faith, uh, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Noah built an ark 
when he was warned about things that had not yet been seen. There's some question about what that might mean. Some have uh, supposed that it hadn't rained at all in Noah's day. And so he was being warned about a lot of rain coming and he needed to build an ark. He didn't know. That didn't make sense to him. What is this that you're talking about? That may have been the case, but I know one thing that hadn't yet been seen, and that is a flood of this magnitude and this proportions. We know that for sure. God, you mean that there's going to be enough water to cover the whole face of the earth? Even the tallest mountains, there's enough water for that? God, that doesn't make sense to me. And yet Noah had faith, and it allowed him to obey when it didn't make sense. And what about Abraham? What about Abraham? Notice what it says about him. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to the place which he received as inheritance, he went out not knowing where he was going. God told Abraham, you need to pack up and you need to move. But God didn't say, hey, you're going to go here. You're going to go here. No, he just said, you need to go. And Abraham went. So Noah was being warned about something he hadn't seen before. It didn't make sense to him. Abraham was told to go without being told where he was going. It didn't make sense to him. And he went. That's what faith does. Faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. If it had been us and God said, you need to build an ark, would we have said, no, that doesn't make sense to me? Or if God told us to pack up and move, would we say, God, you got to do better than that. i got to know more. This doesn't make sense. No, faith causes you to obey when it doesn't make sense. I'm afraid today that many don't have these characteristics. And maybe we don't have the characteristics of faith in our life that we should. By looking at Noah and Abraham. Do God's instructions to us have to make sense before we obey them? Or do we just obey them? Faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. You know, I think we obey very freely and very willingly the commands that make sense to us. Like that command to not kill other people. That makes sense to me. I don't want people to kill me. If we start just killing people we don't like, then this world is just going to be chaos. That makes sense to me. I'll obey that one. But the commands that don't make sense to me, that's when I start to sort of have a little problem there. That's when I sort of, as we talked about uh, Wednesday night, get a stiff neck. And I want to go the way that I want to go. I don't want to go the way that doesn't make sense to me. God's instructions, for instance, about how we worship Him. And worship Him with a cappella music, without instruments. Ah, I don't know. I don't understand that. Why, why couldn't we use instruments? Ah, maybe, I'm, maybe we won't obey that one. Or the work of the church and limiting the work of the church to what we read about in the New Testament. And just uh, organizing and working in a way that God is authorized in the New Testament. And limiting into that. And not bringing in human inventions and human institutions and methods of doing the work of the church. Well, it looks like we could do a lot of good that way. I, I don't know. No. Faith causes me to obey when it doesn't make sense. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, puts it like this. Isaiah chapter 55, beginning of verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God says, you're not even anywhere close to the plane that I'm on. 
My thoughts are so much different than yours, you can't get anywhere close to my thoughts. But the problem is that we often, I think, think we're on the same plane with God. That every command that God gives us in the Bible has to make sense to us. Or else we're not going to do it. Every command that God gives to us has to be the command that we would give to us. But Isaiah 55 says, no, my thoughts are not your thoughts. They're not anywhere close to your thoughts. And it doesn't matter how much education you have, how far you went in college, how high your IQ is, you're not getting anywhere close to God. God's commands don't have to make sense. And if we only obey when it makes sense to us, then that's not faith, is it? God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. This verse teaches us that all of the commands of God are not going to make sense to us. Do you get that? If all the commands of God made sense to us and were what we would do anyways... Jeremiah 10 verse 23 says, well, that would end up in death. If it makes sense to us, and it's what I would do anyways, then that's me directing my steps, isn't it? This verse tells us that God's commands are not always going to make sense. But if we have faith, we're going to obey them regardless. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12. There's a way that may seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Again, doing what makes sense to me isn't faith. Faith means that I'm going to obey God even when it doesn't make sense. And that's easy to, to talk about. And that's easy to put up on a screen. And it's easy to see in the lives of other people. And maybe those in denominational error see the error of their way. Or maybe in family members or friends who are living in rebellion to God, see it in their lives. But what about in my life? Am I obeying God in every aspect, in areas that don't make sense to me? Or am I pushing back? Faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. Noah and Abraham show us that faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. Furthermore, from Hebrews chapter 11, we learn that faith causes one to make sacrifices in his service to God. Back in Hebrews chapter 11, turn over to verse 17. Look at verse 17. Hebrews 11 verse 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, And Isaac your seed shall be called concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. What an incredible sacrifice to offer up your son. And not just your son, your only son. And not just your only son, a son you had waited until very late in life. son. And now you're going to be asked to offer up that son? What an incredible sacrifice. And Abraham didn't delay, did he? Abraham's faith, even though this didn't make sense, 
And even though this was an incredibly large sacrifice, Abraham, we remember from the story, got up early the next day to go get it done. Faith makes sacrifices. And we see other examples of this in Hebrews 11. Look at verse 24. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. By faith Moses, when he had come, uh, become of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Moses, when he got old enough, he forsook, verse 27, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses had it made. He had gone from being an Israelite that was in captivity. Pharaoh was trying to exterminate the Israelites. He had gone from that position to being Pharaoh's grandson. And all the privileges that would come from being Pharaoh's grandson and yet he gave it up. He gave it up to make sacrifices to serve God. Can you imagine that? A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And he gave it up so that he could serve God. Faith causes us to make sacrifices. Some people might look at that and say, well, that was in the Old Testament. We don't have to do that anymore. No, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 says, You also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. God still expects faithful people today to be making sacrifices. That's what we're here for, to make sacrifices in our service to God. But unlike the Old Testament where their sacrifices many times were killed, our sacrifices today are living sacrifices in Romans chapter 12 verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Our sacrifices don't have to literally die today. But our sacrifices, ourselves, our lives, our bodies are to be living sacrifices, serving God no matter the cost, being willing to make sacrifices in order to be pleasing to Him. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. A cross was an emblem that represented death. We need to put our desires to death. And we're going to take up our cross and follow Jesus. Do we have this kind of faith? The kind of faith that makes sacrifices? That says this isn't all about me, but this is all about God and what He wants for me. Do we have that kind of faith? You know, we live in a society today that's all about self and about pleasure. And if it feels good, do it. If you think it'll make you happy, give it a try. Do what you want to do. But God says you're to be a living sacrifice. Are we listening to our society that says go after pleasure, go after your desires? Are we listening to God that says you're a living sacrifice? You give those things up to serve me. Luke chapter 18, verse 8. Luke chapter 18, verse 8. 
assume to him, Why callest him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest, me thou, callest thou me good? There is none good, save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these I have kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet thou lackest one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. The rich young ruler had great material possessions. And Jesus knew that they had a special place in his heart, a place that put them ahead of where God should be. And Jesus says, you need to get rid of those. You need to make those sacrifices. So unfortunately, this rich young ruler, when he heard this, he was very sorrowful for he was very rich. When Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter to the kingdom of God. It was a tough command. It's not a command for all of us today, but it might need to be the command for some of us. Have we allowed our material things to get in place of God? Are we chasing after the material in such a way that we're not sacrificing for God like we should? If so, maybe we need to sell some of those material things. The rich man here was not willing to make sacrifices, and he was condemned. Back in Hebrews chapter 11, the account of Moses, verse 26, it said, He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Think of all the treasures that Moses could have had as royalty, as living, as Pharaoh's grandson, and he gave it all up. Are we willing to do that, or are we like this rich young ruler? Are we holding on to what we have materially? unwilling to make sacrifices? If you have trouble with that idea, then perhaps you have a problem with your faith. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 says, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. What do we put our trust in? What do we put our faith in? You see how they're connected here? Are we putting our faith in our material things, our trust in our material things, or are we trusting in God? And if we are putting our trust in God, then these material things can go, can't they? Because they're not what are, what's our security. They're not what is our stronghold. God is our stronghold. And our faith and trust is in Him. And so we're able to make sacrifices. Are you willing to make sacrifices materially to serve God? Maybe that means you pass on the promotion at work because of the demands it would have that would require you to not be able to serve God like you know you need to serve God. Maybe it would interfere with your Bible study time or your worship time. Maybe it would interfere with your responsibilities at the, in the home. You pass on those things. You're willing to make those sacrifices in order to serve God. Are you willing to make sacrifices? Faith requires sacrifices. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10, I'll tell you another way that we have to sacrifice is in our dealing with our brethren. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. 
Paul was willing to make sacrifices for his brethren. Are we willing to make sacrifices for our brethren? Faith makes sacrifices, and sometimes we may have to sacrifice for our brethren. We might have to give up a little bit of our me time to see to the needs of our brethren. We might be, have to give up our comfort and do something uncomfortable for a brother or a sister. You know, it's not always easy to, try, to spend time trying to encourage someone who's weak and struggling. Are we willing to put ourselves in an uncomfortable situation to correct or encourage someone who needs that? Faith requires sacrifices. Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice your opinion or your desire for your brother? In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, Paul says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. We've got to submit to one another. And that means that maybe we're going to have to submit in matters of judgment and matters of opinion. Matters that don't really matter. Are we willing to submit? Are we willing to do this? Faith requires us to make sacrifices. Tell you what else faith does as we look at Hebrews chapter 11. Is that faith requires us in, to trust in God's promises. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 22. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 22 shows us that faith causes us to trust in God's promises. An odd statement Hebrews, in here in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 22. By faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instruction concerning his bones. Joseph is mentioned here in faith's hall of fame for making mention of his bones. What is that about? Well, if we go back in Genesis chapter 50, we see what faith is involved here in Joseph making mention of his bones. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 24, beginning. And Joseph said to his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from hence. Joseph had faith in a promise that God had made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Made to his forefathers hundreds of years earlier. And he still had faith in that promise. Many would have given up faith and say, well, that was hundreds of years ago. I don't think that God's really going to make good on that. No, J Joseph had faith in God's promises. Such faith that said, this is going to happen. God said it, and I know it's going to happen. And when it does happen, would you please carry my bones with you to the promised land? Faith, trust in God's promises. Do we have faith like that? Do we have faith like Joseph's faith? God has made us promises. Do we believe them or do we doubt? In our Bible study this morning, we learned about Paul when he's on that ship that's getting tossed to and fro in the storm. And even the sailors are thinking, we're, we're gone for, we're done, we're done here. And yet Paul heard a message from God where God said, you're going to be all right. And what did Paul say? He said, I believe God that it'll be exactly like it was spoken to me. Do we have that kind of faith? 
Do we trust in God's promises? Even when it looks like from our human perspective, there's no way God could make good on those promises. Do we trust in God's promises? Hebrews chapter, 11, or Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18 says it is impossible for God to lie. In other words, if God makes a promise, you can take it to the bank. He is not going to lie. Do we have that faith? Do we believe that? Do we believe it? In first, uh, um, first Timothy chapter, uh, Second Timothy chapter one, verse twelve. Second Timothy chapter one, verse twelve. Notice what Paul's added: "Suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that that day." Why could Paul ride on that boat and not lose his faith? Many of us would have checked in our faith long ago and said, I'm done. Paul is a prisoner and he's riding this boat, and yet he still has faith. Why? Because he believes in God's promises. Faith believes in God's promises. God will reward us for what we suffered. He's promised us that. And we can take it to the bank. Do we have the faith that will allow us to believe that promise? First Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men especially to those who believe. Why do we do what we do? Why did Paul go through what he went through? Because he trusted in the living God. He had faith in his promises. Do we believe that? God's promise he's going to reward us. Do we believe that? What else he's promised? He's promised that we're going to have to suffer. He's promised us that we're going to have to go through difficult times. But he's promised us he'll deliver us through this. Mark chapter 13, verse 13. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Do you believe that? There's a couple promises there, aren't there? The promise that it's not going to be good for us all the time. That people are going to look down their noses. People are going to have, hard to- hard, uh, uh, be, have difficulties with us and have hard feelings towards us and not like us because of what we stand for. Do we believe that? Or do we think that we'll just be popular all the time? And secondly, Jesus says, if we'll endure that, then we'll be rewarded. Do we believe that? Revelation chapter 2, verse 10 says, Fear none of those things which you shall suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. Are we willing to suffer to the point of death even? so that we can receive the blessing, the promise that has been made to us? Do we have the faith that allow us to do that? In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Perfect peace. God has promised it to us if we'll trust him. Do we have enough faith in his promises to trust in him? Or is our faith lacking? And then finally this morning, I want to tell you that faith will cause one to be saved. From Hebrews chapter 11, we read that faith will cause one to be saved. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, beginning of verse 29. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempted to do so were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Faith will cause us to be saved. Faith caused the Israelites to be saved 
from the Egyptians, from their captivity because they were willing to go through the Red Sea. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea, verse 29 of Hebrews chapter 11. It allowed them to escape captivity. Faith also allowed them to enter the promised land and circle around Jericho. When they were told that instruction that didn't make sense, that if you walk around the city, this walled city, that the walls will fall down. The walls were built to protect from enemies pounding against them and battering them with rams. And yet you just walk around and they're going to fall down? Didn't make sense, but they did it. And they were able to enter the promised land because they had faith. And Rahab the harlot, a Gentile, a notorious Gentile, was able to be saved as well because of her faith. Faith will cause us to be saved. These all would have perished without faith. What about us? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, By grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Faith will cause us to be saved. Without faith, we won't be pleasing to God. It's impossible to please Him. We have to be, have faith. But we can't just stop. Always, because as we go back to Hebrews chapter 11, we learn that faith always causes one to act. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, it says, By faith, Abel offered. Faith caused Abel to act. In verse 7, by faith Noah prepared an ark. Faith caused Noah to build. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, by faith Abraham went. It caused Abraham to move, to go. In verse 17, by faith Abraham offered. In verse 22, by faith Joseph gave commandment. And all of the examples we've looked at this morning, faith causes action. And without action, our faith is worthless. Faith causes us to be saved when we obey. And so it is in those we've looked at in Hebrews chapter 11. And as we go on into Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You've got to have faith to be pleasing to God, Hebrews 11, verse 6 says. And as we go on into Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says we've got to run. We've got to obey. We've got to live in a way that is directed and dictated by our faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him because James chapter 2, verse 24 says, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Faith causes us to be saved because faith will cause us to obey. Faith obeys when it doesn't make sense. Faith causes us to make sacrifices. Faith trusts in God's promises, and faith will cause us to be saved. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Do you have this kind of faith in your life? Faith is more than just an assertion that, hey, I believe God. Yeah, there's a God out there. No, faith causes you to have these characteristics in your life. Do you have them? Are you living in a way that shows your faith? If you're here this morning and there are things in your life that you know aren't right, why not correct them right now? And if there's anything we can do to help you with that, will you let us know while we stand and sing?